On this week's episode of Two Views Movies, we're reviewing the latest from the DC Extended Universe, Birds of Prey, and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Sponsored by the Buffalo Funds. Want to ring the bell? All right. Ding, ding. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Two Views Movies, a spoiler-filled podcast from Kansas City, Missouri, by two guys who love watching movies almost as much as we love arguing about them. I'm Garrett. And I'm Carson. And we are talking another DC movie, first one since Joker, if if we're counting that. I don't think you count that. Unfortunately, I mean, that's probably accurate. So if we're, if we're saying it's the, what, first time since Shazam? Shazam? Okay. Well, I guess that's what we're going with. First DCEU movie since Shazam. Yeah, I think it fits a little bit better with Shazam than it does Joker. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Even they skipped over Joker. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, gosh dang it, man. DC, I just, I don't know what they're doing. I really don't. They don't know what they're doing. I think that's abundantly clear. If it wasn't, I, I, I I guess with Joker, like, every... Most everybody liked Joker or loved Joker, and I think they want more of that. And uh, it's just, I guess I knew what to expect with Harley Quinn coming into this, but it was, I guess, still a little disorienting to me, Um, the shift from Joker to Harley Quinn. Well, I think Joker is more the direction that they're going. And I think Harley Quinn was, everybody loved Margot, let's capitalize on this. Okay. That's, I can that, see that's, that. That's my hey. Let's let's get another one out there. Bring in bring in some money, banking on Margot alone, and uh, then we'll just cast all this to the side. Okay, I, I can see that. Uh, I'm interested to dive in a little bit more of that because I think what tends to happen on our DC episodes is we talk about the movie and then we yell about DC for like the other fifty percent of the time. <laughs> and I, I'll be very interested to know if that that continues with this episode. But first, yes, but first. A word from Buffalo Funds. This episode is sponsored by the Buffalo Funds, a family of mutual funds based here in Kansas City. When the stock market goes down, it may be a great time to contribute to your individual retirement account or IRA. Don't wait until the end of the year. To get your free IRA investing report, go to buffalofunds.com backslash podcast. You can open up an account online directly with the Buffalo Funds and choose from their mix of U.S., international, dividend, or income funds. That's buffalofunds.com backslash podcast. The fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses must be considered carefully before investing. The summary and statutory prospectuses contain this and other important information about the investment company may be attained by calling 800-492-8332 or visiting buffalofunds.com. Read carefully before investing. Mutual fund investing involves risk. Principal loss is possible. The Buffalo Funds are distributed by Quasar Distributors, LLC. Thank you to the Buffalo Funds for sponsoring this episode. Absolutely. And with that, let's get going. After splitting with the Joker, Harley Quinn joins superheroes Black Canary, Huntress, and Renee Montoya to save a young girl from an evil crime lord. Directed by Kathy Yan, who as far as I could tell did not have much other than a few short films to her name. And the cast, we have the aforementioned Margot Robbie, as well as Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Journey Smollett-Bell, Ewan McGregor, and Rosie Perez. 
So I'd like to start off with saying this movie should not be titled Birds of Prey. Yep, that's fair. This is 100% Harley Quinn. And we've introduced some other characters too. That's great. They could be in the next movie. If that's the way that you want to go. Yeah, I agree. It it is not a Birds of Prey movie at all. Well, I mean, it is. It's just one of those things where... I mean, we can probably count a number of other movies that have done this too, where uh, you know the eventual thing is that they're going to get together and form a team or whatever, but for some reason, the whole movie is about how they become the team, and then you get the team in the final 10 or 15 minutes. But this is even worse. They don't even I don't become, disagree. They don't yeah. even become the birds of prey until a cutaway scene at the end. Agreed, yes. And so that's that is not this movie. And this should just be called Harley Quinn. That's it. Yeah. It it is really a Harley Quinn movie that is setting up a potential spinoff movie that would become Birds of Prey. Um, I mean, we've seen it happen so many times in the comic book world where, uh, you know, we're in somebody's solo movie and the Easter eggs or whatever, the little kernels of plot or characters get, get put in there. Um, so that you can then build the spinoff movie, but it's usually not named to your point uh, what the spinoff movie is going to become. It's usually named, you know, Harley Quinn. And I, I think maybe they tried to have a little bit of their cake and eat it too by calling it Birds of Prey, but then the massively elongated parenthetical title that includes Harley Quinn. Um, so yeah, I, I really don't know what their thought was there. Yeah, I don't know if they thought these other side characters were going to be bigger than they were, or. Uh, I think they realized their marketing was Harley Quinn, but mm-hmm. and that which is why they had the re- the rest of that title. But it uh, it is not a Birds of Prey movie. It is it is one hundred percent. Let's follow Margot through this thing, and she meets some people along the way. It's like Civil War. You know, you get introduced to Black Panther, um, and even Spider Man, and then eventually they get their own movies. That's kind of what it should have been. But it's a Captain America movie. So, I, I don't disagree with you. No. Um, I will go ahead and skip ahead, though. If, knowing what you know about the Birds of Prey now, are you interested in a Birds of Prey movie? No, and no one is. <laughs> okay. No, it, it, no. Nobody should be interested in, in those three, especially because of Rosie Perez. No, okay. I, I love White Men Can't Jump more than probably anybody that I know. It's, that is true. It's, it's a fantastic movie. Uh, one of the best sports movies of all time, in my opinion. Yet, Rosie is a terrible actress in this. Yeah. Okay. Um, I said yes, and, and now I'm going to backtrack, though, because I feel like everybody in this movie suffers from bad writing. And I even think Margot suffers from bad writing. I just think she has the ability to overcome it, given her how good of an actress she is, and how she's the main focus of the movie, but it's really hard for me to say that anybody was a bad actor or bad actress in this because I I, I can't imagine anybody else in these roles even pulling it off because I, I felt like the characters weren't developed very well. I felt like the writing didn't work. The jokes didn't work. The things they were doing and the things that were coming out of their mouths, just it didn't work for me hardly at all. So I, it's hard for me to say nobody was a good actor. I got to, I got to put a pin in that because I need to come okay. back to your expectations coming in. Okay. So, so before we come back to the, the acting all the way through, because that is definitely a note that we're going to mention, I need to know where you were coming in this movie. I know we have our DC hesitations. 
but, <laughs> sure. but what were your your thoughts before before they hit play um that's really hard to explain because i i don't know that I, okay I, I wasn't like crazy hyped i mean we can say that i i don't go into any dc movie anymore crazy hyped even joker i i just I, dc has a stain on it right now and it's impossible for me to shake that so i definitely come in with a dc hesitation i was a little worried that uh, a couple different things so i'll just you know word vomit here i was worried about what i mentioned earlier which is like how are they going to address the joker movie or not because while we may know that joker is not supposed to be connected i'm not sure that the general population understands that um tonally it's a very different movie than what you're used to. It's kind of a silly movie. DC has been known for being brooding and overly serious, but almost not in a good way. Um, I had my hesitations because while Harley Quinn stole the show in suicide squad, that was still more of an ensemble movies. And, and, and I felt like they were going to put her at front and center. And that's not a knock on Margot. It's more about, I didn't know if the Harley Quinn character could, lead a movie i just didn't know if she was going to be interesting enough so needless to say i had a lot of reservations but i wasn't going into it expecting it to be bad i was like okay it'll it'll probably be decent um but i'm not expecting greatness i'm not expecting you know something as bad as suicide squad that's kind of where i was okay i mean we're we're not too far off so we have our our dc um bias i guess we can call it there of you're right they haven't done anything really worth uh, talking about uh, except in the wrong direction. Right. But so I had that in my head, but as you, as you just mentioned, my, my comments, I, I had two after watching the trailer was Harley Quinn isn't a lead character and Ewan McGregor is a terrible choice for a black mask villain because he is not a villain. And so I was wondering what they were going to do with that. Now, I I have gone on record of I didn't like the Heath Ledger choice. Saw the movie. Obviously, I was wrong. Here, I was not. Uh, Ewan, I thought, was was really bad. But going back to what you said, Margot is the perfect choice for for Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. Uh, except maybe some air weaving. And that's because they're virtually <laughs> sure. similar. <laughs> right. Um but Margot Margot's perfect, and uh, she can lead a movie. Uh, she can, you know, she's engaging. She's a great actress. You know, all these things. It's Harley Quinn that's the problem, and Harley Quinn is a side character, much like uh, the the one that stands out to me the most is the Hulk. The Hulk is not a lead character. The Hulk mm-hmm. is a great uh, pop in. You know, he's a he's a side character. He's in an, in an ensemble movie. He's over here. Uh, about ninety five percent of the Hulk comics aren't that interesting because there's a lot of things you can do with the Hulk, but it, it gets stale pretty easy and pretty quickly. But if you're reading another, let's say you're reading X Men, and the Hulk pops in, he's the best freaking character in the Marvel universe. You know, it's a, it's a boom yeah. Hulk, you know, and all of a sudden that makes it cool. There's a reason why he does so many cameos into all these other books is that's more his role. And, and in movies the same way, he's awesome in the Avengers. He's awesome in civil war and, and, uh, infinity war, not infinity war. Cause they really crapped on his character. But, uh, anytime you see the Hulk, like he's a side character and that's Harley Quinn, Harley Quinn and suicide squad. 
that pops in with her jokes, that pops in with something crazy, you know, that is perfect Harley Quinn. And so that's that's what I was concerned about coming in. Yeah, I, I guess I I don't have the comic background that you do. Um, I do, I get your comparison to the Hulk. I, I do feel like Hulk is very binary though. And he doesn't have a lot of, at least from what I know, um, a lot of depth. I mean, he's either Banner or he's Hulk. And when he's Hulk, he's in one mode. I feel like Harley Quinn is a complex character and you can do a lot with it. Um, I just felt like my concern was more about would she get old? Like, would it get tiresome watching an entire movie about Harley Quinn? And exactly. I actually I actually don't think that was the problem with this. I think that they had, you, you could write a lot with Harley Quinn. I actually like the idea that it's all built around. She broke up with Joker. She's done all this bad stuff. Now everybody is out to get her now that she has, does not have the Joker's protection anymore. Like, I think that's a pretty cool setup. And I actually think some of the elements of the storytelling are there for her to be able to carry the movie. I just think that they didn't necessarily, flesh that out with their writing enough and put her in enough cool situations. And perhaps it was probably a little bit because maybe the birds of prey weren't there enough of the movie. Um, but I guess I, I just don't instinctively think that she can't carry a full movie. I absolutely think a Harley Quinn solo movie could work. And this was not far from working, but it wasn't performance. It wasn't being tiresome of Harley Quinn. I just think the writing was a letdown from the very beginning. Well, I agree with, with a lot of what you said of the birds of prey needed to be involved much sooner and more, uh, more involved throughout the whole movie. Huntress. I hated the Huntress character until they got into the diner. And then it's yeah, like, sure, it sure. was like, like there she is like that dynamic of them going back and forth. Like that's what this movie needed. Yeah. You know? And I was like, Oh, she's terribly miscast. I don't like this at all. And then they got together in the diner at the end. And I'm like, no, this, this is what the movie should have been. Yeah. Dude, I couldn't agree with you more on that. And I like Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I think she's been good in a bunch of good movies. I, that was one of the things I liked about this movie was that casting. And I just couldn't help but feel like, um, like exactly what you said. Like as we started to get individual chunks of these people, Margot's individual chunk as Harley Quinn is totally fine. Huntress by herself, Eh. Canary by herself, eh. Rosie Perez by herself, eh. But then when you finally get them together, even a little bit in the fight scene, but definitely in the diner, then you're kind of like, oh, okay, well, this this might have worked, but you didn't get any of that. And and I don't really know what the problem with DC is because nobody knows who these characters are, but they almost treat them like you're supposed to know. Like, what do we know about Black Canary that she, she can sing? And that that power is going to come back to play later. Then you have Rosie Perez, who's just a regular cop, who I don't really know what she brings to the table. You have Huntress, who's getting like this Kaiser Soze story, but it's like slowly coming out. They're slow playing it. I don't know. I'm just totally with you. I feel like it it waited too long to, to hit the ground running with them. And I think the more you can take the energy and the dialogue and the back and forth that you had in the diner and apply it to the, at least half the movie instead of the last two minutes, I think you would have been way better off. Yeah. So like with Huntress, you mentioned her backstory. It was almost like they, they couldn't decide what they wanted to do. Like they had her almost introduced in a way where she was hunting these people that killed their parents. And then it was like, okay, she's hunting Margot, but she's mm-hmm. not, they, they should have gone full on backstory at the beginning, you know, and had her join the team, whatever early mm-hmm. on, or they should have kind of masked it by, you think she's hunting Margot, 
or she's she's hunting Harley, but she's really hunting these other guys that Harley happens to be around. Right. Yeah, and almost like, a, oh, gosh, this crossbow killer's, you know, chasing me. But she was never hunting Harley at all. You know, mm-hmm. kind of have some mystery behind it. But they, they just did some weird combo of the two that, that didn't that didn't work at all. And I wanted her in the movie earlier and right. involved sooner. And they, they do try to do that, right? Because when Huntress shows up, when Harley's in the alleyway. Right. And she shoots the guy in the throat. And then they, you know, they bring up the little graphic that says what their vendetta is with Harley. And she just has a bunch of question marks. Like she doesn't know who this is. But they don't play that up enough as the movie continues to go. And they already showed her killing four guys. Yeah. You know, it, for it no reason. Yeah, it, it didn't. Um, I mean, maybe it was directing. I don't know. I, I tend to think that I, I feel like it was more of a writing problem because I feel like visually and some of the things that I, I thought were done from a director's standpoint, I think was good. Perhaps it was an editing problem in addition to a writing problem, but there was a lot of um, lack of cohesion sometimes, especially I would say that first 30 minutes it it does that whole jumping back and forth like four minutes ago. I mean, we bounce back and forth between characters and in times like I don't know four or five times it felt like and it didn't add anything to the story I think it just did it to try and be quirky cool but it 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 costs you right it costs you your ability to set up Huntress like the way you want to or give Black Canary any kind of good setup other than she's a singer in you know Ewan's lounge or whatever that club you know it just I felt it got off on the wrong foot a little bit so normally in movies and we just commented what on uh was it Six Underground that did this mm-hmm. poorly that hopped around yes. and, you yeah. know, four days before, two weeks after that one, you know, and it keeps going like that. And that's very distracting. Uh, in this movie, I was like, okay, they're going to do this throughout because it's Harley telling the story and Harley's crazy, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay, this normally I hate this and it is distracting, but Harley's crazy, you know? So if she right. was, be, if she was telling a story, maybe the entire movie's like this and I could get behind that only because she's the narrator. Yeah, I agree. I actually thought we were in for that whole, the whole thing was just going to be bouncing around. And it sounds weird to say that maybe that would have been better to a certain degree because you're right, it does play into her, but then it just kind of settles into a normal movie groove after the first, you know, I don't know, 20, 25 minutes. I kind of lost track of time, but then you're kind of left like, well, what was the point of that? Yeah, no, I, I agree. It it really should have lasted throughout if they were going to do it. But instead, it was just a, how do we get all these plot points to mesh up? Right. So I have to, so let's go to the characters as you started with the, you said it's the writing. I think it's the the casting. And so while the writing wasn't good, I think the casting for everybody except um, during, during the majority of the movie, it was Margot and Canary were the only ones that I was going to keep until at the very end, Huntress won me over. Okay, but throughout the entire movie, it's like these are the only two that uh, are worth a damn in this entire movie, and everybody else was just terribly miscast. And so, from Zaz to uh, Ewan to Rosie, it was just bad. Sure, I mean, I guess that's where it's tough for me. Is that like I mentioned early on, the the way I kind of sort out, I guess in my head, whether it was a casting problem or a writing problem, is can I picture somebody else in that role doing a better job given the same exact delivery, same exact, I mean, and I know delivery might change from actor to actor, but I kind of feel like with certain lines and certain direction, like most people are going to be guided. Like, I guess I just don't think that if you replaced you and McGregor, that 
they're going to have a whole different take on that character. Chances are they wrote that character to be a certain way with certain influences and that's how they wanted him to be. And then you can put the actor in there. And I just don't see any way to me that that character works with anybody being there. Um, so I, I don't think Ewan necessarily did a good job. I don't think he did a terrible job. I just think that was a horribly written character. No, I agree. But I think a lot of it has to do with Ewan. Ewan's not a, a menacing villain. And well, he, he, almost got, he almost got kind of there in the really creepy take off your, your dress scene. You know, right. like that's really placed oddly in this movie. Uh, sure. But then the rest of him, he was not sinister. He was not uh, a guy. They said, oh, he has a fascination of cutting off people's faces. But he never did that. Zaz did that. Yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. That You never made him do anything bad except for the intimidating this, this girl in your club over halfway through the movie. Maybe but, if that was an intro scene. So you're like, okay, this guy's a really messed up guy. You know, uh, I've tried to get you on that. We're supposed to hate you in, but it, I never got that. It was like, okay, it's just him, him being a bad actor in this. Well, but see, I don't think they were going for this insane villain that you hate. Like if you look at any of the writing, that's not how he was presented. And I feel like they purposely cast Ewan because he's normally not a villain and they weren't going for somebody who was like evil incarnate or like this, this stereotypical villain. I, they played him as this kind of, uh, inherited money, but psychopathic guy, but yet he's still almost like high fashion and has all these quirks about him. He's more quirkily evil than he is like evil, evil. And I think that they wanted somebody that does not come across as like the embodiment of evil, which is why I think you've got like a scuzzy looking guy as Zaz to be the guy. Like you see that Zaz guy. And even though I don't think he was good, you look at him like, Oh, that that's a bad guy. But you look at you and you're like, well, I mean, he's wielding his power as though he's bad, but he's not, he doesn't come off as innately bad. And I think that's how they wanted it to be done. So I don't fault necessarily you for that. I mean, I, I don't think it was a great performance, but I'm also saying that I, I think they had that character in mind. Like my guess is, if you ask the writer and the director, they're going to be like, that's that's exactly what we wanted that character to be. And the, the writer and the director should be you know, chastised for that if that's what they wanted. Because uh, even Margot was, men- was trying to build up how bad this guy was in her narrative. Yeah. And you never felt that. You never felt threatened by him at all. No. You never no. felt like she was ever any danger that she was on his bad list. Like, like there was like, so what his bad list is as that you... We're like, okay, this guy, he's going to do something outside the box when you think that Ewan would protect her from him. You know, it it was, he didn't seem like Black Mask. And and really with the Black Mask was just more of a token thing of, okay, we have to have you wear this at some point because that's the character, you know? And so he he, he wore it twice, you know, and even Uh, maybe for a a minute and a half in the movie on screen. Yeah, well, and I... I hated that part. When he walked in and put on that mask, it felt so forced and so corny that I was like, really, we're actually doing this? Because there was no, like, what were you supposed to think watching that? Because I agree with you. I didn't feel like they had referenced him that much as Black Mask. I didn't think that um, they had given any explanation as to why in the hell this guy would just go randomly put on a Black Mask. Like, it, it truly makes no sense. Like, I knew he was Black Mask going into this movie. If you walked into this movie not knowing anything about the DC world, 
what would you have thought right then? Like, what what the hell is this guy doing? Why is he putting on a, a random black mask that makes zero sense for why he would do it? He doesn't hide his identity to anybody. Like, right. the mask makes no sense. And that's that's where you mentioned the hiding the identity. Anytime that he was cutting off someone's face or, you know, do having those conversations, he should have been wearing the mask. You know, sure. and then in the club, you know, doing whatever he's doing, he could have been Ewan. You know, and the, but when he puts on the mask, that's when you're supposed to be, oh my gosh, you know, this is the guy I should be fearing. And th- yeah. that, that's kind of how they should have bounced back and forth with that. But yeah, his, when he went and put the mask on, I was kind of thinking, you know, Fantastic Four, Dr. Doom putting mm-hmm. on this mask yep. for no reason whatsoever. You know, exactly. It's like you guys didn't lead up to this at all. You just know that Dr. Doom is supposed to be wearing a mask. You yeah. Know? <laughs> so, it, it, and it then he goes fit. out and delivers that speech to all the bad guys, and they all have masks. I'm like, what is happening right now? Like, somebody had an idea that Black Mask needed to do this, and then all these criminals would have masks, and that they had the idea that it's a cool scene, but in no way, shape, or form did this make any kind of sense at all. And I, I don't know. I guess I just feel like they wanted this to be, and I keep, I, I kind of put it in quotes, I guess, like they wanted this to be a zany movie. And I get that because it's predominantly around Harley Quinn, but I kind of feel like Black Mask should have been played straight instead of also being zany. Like it, it kind of loses its effect if everything about the movie is so silly and zany. Like I'm going to pick on Deadpool for a bit. Deadpool kind of works because everybody else around him is still kind of being normal. Right. He's the only one that's like the uber smart ass, maybe aside from his friend who works the bar too. But generally speaking, other people might have funny lines and they might have funny things, but they are not also the uber smart ass. So when you have this movie with Harley Quinn and she's the quirky zany one who's outlandish, like everybody else needs to kind of tone it down a notch so you can have something to kind of bounce that off of. And especially the villain being so oddly quirky, it just didn't, it didn't gel for me. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, that was my, um, my critique with Ragnarok was that Hella was telling jokes. You know, Helen needs to be, and so was uh, uh, Carl Urban, you know? Like, right. Th- those guys shouldn't be telling jokes. You know, let Thor be quirky Thor, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, let, let let the other characters do that, but everybody doesn't need to be telling jokes. You kind of take away from from what the, the feel is. You know, you made a great comparison with Deadpool. Uh, Harley Quinn's kind of that, that, that crazy Deadpool character when everybody mm-hmm. else needs to be more normal so it amplifies how crazy she is right and she's yep. not she's, she's not crazy murderous like the joker is i mean she is but but she's sure. a little bit more of the the zany yeah i um i mean i'll quote you the villain makes the movie and the villain really really hurt this movie because i feel like even given all of the things that we've laid out as to kind of our problems with either you know the other characters or what's happening um it's just really hard to have a movie, especially in the comic book world where it becomes so much about the hero versus the villain and have the villain just be somebody that like every scene that came up with you in, I was just like, Oh, this is not working for me at all. Yeah. And I was, I was trying, I was really fighting against the uh, self-fulfilling prophecy, you know, in my mind of, okay, I knew I was going to hate you and going into this. Can I, can I like you in as this character? And I just, I really could. Yeah. I, I'm totally with you. Um, I will say from everything I've read on Letterboxd and other places, we are in the minority. This this movie is getting a lot of love from a lot of different people across the board. And it's one of those where um, I kind of wish one of us had, had liked it a little bit more than it's sounding like we did so that we could get a little bit of both sides going on here and, and 
maybe you would help me understand why you liked it more or I could help you understand, but I, I'm not, I, I'm just kind of scratching my head on this one. I, I don't get why people are so in love with it. I mean, do I appreciate it for its, um, you know, stylistic choices? And, um, you know, I think it had potential to be a really great kind of female led movie and it really should have kicked Marvel's ass in this space when it comes to the zaniness and female led stuff. But I can't get there. I just really can't. Well, it had to be a a love for Margot and not a love for this movie. I, I feel like people that are giving it eight out of ten, nine out of ten, even seven out of ten, you know, that were that we're seeing out there, I'm like, I don't I, I can't get there. It has to be you just love Margot, you love Harley Quinn, and you're you have that bias that you're building into your rating. I, I'm telling you, I've read stuff praising Ewan and loving Ewan's character and loving all of the birds of prey. I mean, we are, we, from what I have read, we are in the minority with almost all of our takes. I have to uh, give a shout out to Colby told me he compared Ewan to Heath Ledger. Oh, come on. I know. And I hate to throw him under the bus like this, but, but he deserves it after that comparison. Colby. I mean, if you're going to compare you <laughs> to anybody, just stay in the DC universe and keep it with Leto because right. that's kind of what it felt like to me is like the, just this kind of awkward take on a DC villain that, you know, maybe when you were doing your initial casting and doing your first like wardrobes and stuff, like things are starting, you're like, okay, I can kind of get behind this. But then as it comes to life and when you finally see it on film, you're like, oh, well, yeah, maybe maybe should have gone a different route with that character. So I hate bringing him up, you know, just to, to trash on him. We'll, we'll, we'll praise one of his other takes in another episode. But <laughs> Well, I'm guessing that we're going to get a lot of heat back towards us on this. Because like I said, across Letterboxd, across Reddit, across Rotten Tomatoes, people are liking this. I think it's tracking financially to be lower than what they wanted. But I, generally speaking, people seem to be liking it. And... I'll just have to sit on it for a little bit and I'll revisit it when it comes back out. But for now, um, I just, I don't get the love for it. I, there are elements that I like. I mean, we, we, we spent a lot of time talking about this. I, I did like a lot of the action scenes. Um, I, I thought they were filmed, you know, fairly well. I, I I'm a little perturbed at the overuse of slow motion. Um, there's a lot of slow motion. We, there was, and I don't know why we do that. And it, I, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just oversimplifying things, but it seems like in a lot of, female like wonder woman does this too and i don't know why they slow down wonder woman i get it because she's crazy fast so you do like the superman trick but like just watch atomic blonde i mean she goes charlie's goes out and just kicks a bunch of ass in real time like you don't have to slow a bunch of crap down but i did like a lot of the the choreography of the fight scenes that they did here um so that was like the one standout for me that i, I really liked other than margo's acting which i like too so no i i agree with with a lot of that um I think the way they set up the fighting doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, she's in a, a police station and nobody has a gun. Right. You know, Black Mask hires a hundred mercenaries and they just have bats. You know, <laughs> right. it's it's weird how they set that up, but once you're in it, it's good. Yeah. I, I did have a little bit of an issue with a funhouse fight just because like she ends up getting on roller skates and, and then the part, I guess even a little bit before that, where she's uh, on her roller skates as well and being pulled behind the motorcycle. I'm like, okay, that feels like, again, you're just being quirky just to be quirky and I can kind of appreciate it. But at the same time, like really, um, but, but see, overall, but see the, the comment of where, when did she get, when did she put on her skates? 
type of thing. Like that's what I expect out of Harley Quinn, mm-hmm. you know. And that's why her being the lead it is so troublesome for me. Of you want her as people commenting about her, you know that. Yeah. Like, well, that's freaking nuts. Like all of a sudden she's carrying around a mallet for some reason, you know. <laughs> right. Like that's that's the I wanted people's reactions to her opposed to her leading the story. And and I left the theater and I, I made this comment to my wife, which she wholeheartedly disagreed with, um, that I thought this movie would have been much better if it was told by like Black Canary of how I met Harley Quinn, mm-hmm. something like that, where she's the narrator and it's Harley interspliced into, I mean, I wanted it to be about Harley still, but she is not the one leading everything, but she's in every scene type of thing. And it's being talked about her. Cause then I think you could really dive into her as a psychologist, you know, more than they did. I know they wanted to hint, Hey, she's smart too. Uh, you know, th- they keep dropping that, but I wanted mm-hmm. her to have somebody talking about her opposed right. to her leading the, the story. My wife hated that idea. She said she would not like that at all, but I think that's would have been a better <laughs> story for, for well, Harley. I have to say, I think I'm I'm going to agree with your wife here because I think that some of the stylistic choices that they did uh, work because you're hearing it from Harley Quinn's perspective. Like the things that they throw up on the screen randomly with the writing or like why somebody's coming after revenge or who people are or just her gen- – like the whole thing she goes on about the breakfast sandwich that she really wants. Like I, I think things like that could not work if you're telling it from the Black Canary standpoint. And I feel like those those are some small things that I actually feel – worked it's more of the other stuff that i didn't so i i appreciate the almost like schizophrenic nature of hearing the movie and seeing the movie from her perspective because i think if you go with a straight storyteller you can't do that like you see it from third person but not first no i agree i I mean i like that that side of things of why um why people were after her and what she did to wrong wrong them but the uh like why was she in roller derby like that other than the why she has skates i mean she's a wanted criminal and she's in roller derby you know it makes sense why she's out in the clubs or whatever but to be on a roller derby team that was weird to me yeah i get it but i mean it's also one of those things where basically she's untouchable like even the cops won't come get her is what they said because joker's protecting her and it it was weird that black mask was okay trying to rule the city The, the joker's still there yeah but he had more confidence because they broke up. I don't, you know, I guess, and this is a good segue because I want your opinion on this as a comic book person. And I know we've both seen all the movies. Um, so my first question is, did you think we were going to get any reference to Batman whatsoever? Like, and I'm not talking like the fact that she calls the hyena Bruce or makes a few other comments. I'm talking like there, there was truly like no acknowledgement that there's a Batman around. Oh, I thought we would. I thought we'd get that. I thought so too. I thought she'd mention it. I mean, we saw a boomerang on the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought there'd be something about even the bat signal, you know, somewhere. Right. Um, but no, I, at least even in her storytelling of, well, she, she did, I, I guess, mention Batman putting her in jail. I think she may have, but I guess I was more saying like beyond a mention, but like, should we have felt Batman's influence in some way? In this movie, because like the one thing that you start to do, like you mentioned, she's going out and playing roller derby. She's a top criminal like Gotham exists and Batman exists. So like Ace Chemicals is just going to blow up 
and Batman's just chilling. Like, I know he can't be everywhere, and I know people have picked apart Marvel for this. I guess I just felt like Gotham is a little bit different than the entire universe when you're dealing with Marvel. When you're talking about Gotham, Batman's typically there and, you know, doing some stuff. And there's all this chaos going around, but there's not even an acknowledgement of, like, uh, you know, maybe we got to watch out for the bat, you know, stuff like that. I, I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, we don't want the bodies to show up because then we'll have the bat on our tail or something. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he's cutting so off I, faces, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I get what you're saying. Okay, like, I didn't want Batman in this movie, and that's not what I'm saying. I just, it feels weird to have a movie in Gotham with one of the main, you know, henchmen in Gotham, and you're, like, there's just no acknowledgement. And, and I think, I, I mean, I would bet my money that the reason it didn't happen is because they don't like, they want this to be a standalone movie that can just live on its own. Kind of like what Shazam did. I mean, I know they brought Superman in at the very end and there was a few things there, but like for the most part, Shazam tried to be this DC movie that existed outside of DC. And I really felt like that's what this tried to do for the most part was, okay, we're going to go have fun with Harley Quinn, but we can't make this go in any direction. That's going to, you know, make us have to deal with Cyborg or Aquaman or Wonder Woman or Batman because we don't know what we're doing right now. So just make it a Harley Quinn movie. Well, at least Shazam referenced everybody. Right. They referenced the Superman bullet. They even had Superman at the end. Agreed. Uh, but but what I'm saying is you could tell it still kind of wanted to stay, you know, arm's length away from everything so that it didn't commit DC to having to go any direction with any of that. But I think that was a problem with this because you already introduced Batman and suicide squad agreed. And so, and clearly this is a, this is from suicide squad. She's still the same character. She references it, um, several times, uh, right. they even show clips of, of her falling into the vat from suicide squad. Mm-hmm. Um, so Batman was in that, mm-hmm. you know, Batfleck. So I, I think, yes, I do think they're trying to distance cause they don't know, what they're doing with this whole thing um, or how is it going to tie in at all to, <laughs> to the new Batman, if at all. Um, right. But it's, uh, yeah, I, they definitely should have mentioned it probably more than multiple times throughout of trying to avoid getting noticed. Yeah. Okay. So that was my first question. My second yep. question, you mentioned it, the suicide squad stuff. I felt like early on they were going the route where, they were going to almost like implicitly acknowledge her origins. Um, But the very, like the first several references that we get to the Joker and even um, visually, it's not Leto's Joker. It's more of the comic or cartoon Joker that you're seeing from like drawings and stuff. So I actually thought they were going to try and not so much, I guess a full retcon, but at least kind of be like, okay, you know, those are her origins, but we're just not really going to fully embrace what happened in Suicide Squad so that we can start to kind of differentiate ourselves from that and get away from that, especially with the new Suicide Squad movie coming out. But then, right about the time I thought that, to your point, they fully embraced it by showing clips. Like, they never showed Leto's face, but they certainly showed clips from Suicide Squad of that happening. So then I was like, oh, man, I, I guess... I guess knowing what I know about what's happening with DC right now, I, I think I would have just kept it more nebulous. No, I, I agree. But, I mean, you're in that catch-22 because she's clearly in Suicide Squad with that character. Right. And it's, it's one of those, how do I get rid of the rest of it but still keep her as Harley Quinn? Right. And that's <laughs> where I thought, like, if you just 
didn't show the clips from Suicide Squad and never, I, I don't know, if it was something as simple as like, I, I keep going back to that picture that she had on her wall where the the knives she was throwing at, like it looked like, it did not look like Jared Leto, it looked like the animated Joker. Right. And I think the more you could have just kind of shifted it away and like, yeah, we all know that it's the Suicide Squad that you're coming from, but like, we're all willing to forget that if you are. And then instead it was like, no, we're going to remind you of that. It's like, ah, oh, I mean, come on. I mean, I know you're not fluent in Suicide Squad because why would you watch it more than you had to? But did right. she have the words tattooed on her chin bone or her chin, I, uh, her jawline in that? I noticed that too, and I don't think so. I could be wrong, but I don't think so. I don't. I don't remember that at all in Suicide Squad. Obviously, the Joker had damaged across his forehead, which was right. uh, I mean, a disaster. So I, I, I don't <laughs> sure. know why they would have added that. Maybe I just didn't notice it in Suicide Squad. So I don't know why I don't they would have added like... that when clearly most people thought that was a huge misstep. Yeah. I don't know. That's why I feel like you could have used this opportunity to, especially if this movie did well, like just get away from Suicide Squad, but they just went ahead and embraced it. I I don't know. DC, I mean, so here's here's my takeaway with DC. I guess now we're going to have three different DC universe is going on because the Joker is its own thing. I guess we still have the DCEU going on, which is, you know, the world we live in now with Aquaman and Justice League and Suicide Squad and all that. And then, Woman, by all, yeah. well, and then by all accounts, the new Batman is going to be its own thing. So I just, I don't know. I just don't know what they're doing. Maybe it'll all work out in the end. I'm not quite sure. Not everybody has to do what Marvel is doing and join everything together. I guess I'm fine with that. But uh, there, there's just no rhyme or reason. And I guess I, I felt like Shazam sort of treaded water. Like it's a fine movie in and of itself. Um, this movie kind of treads water in terms of the DC world building, but I just don't know where any of this is going. And it, it, I do, like I mentioned earlier, kind of feel like I have a sense of whiplash because, you know, we go to Shazam. That's a family movie. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, they're kind of going that route. Maybe they're trying to not be so dark. And then we go to Joker, which is brilliant and crazy dark, but kind of lives in its own little world. And then now we're back over here to birds of prey where we're acknowledging suicide squad and we're kind of re-embracing that. And we don't know where that's going. And there's no mention of Batman. Like what in the hell is going on right now? And I fancy myself somebody who's capable of sorting all this out and understanding it. And I, and I do understand it, but I still find myself being like, come on, get get your act together. So part of me thought this was wrapping up the old DCU. But we have Wonder Woman 2. They've announced Aquaman 2. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, okay, where are you going? You already lost Superman and Batman. I mean, Henry Cavill and, and Batflack are not coming back from what they say. Mm-hmm. Um, is Shazam 2? Th- I mean, I guess they've been talking Black Adam. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's still staying in that world. Uh, I thought they were just kind of wrapping up and making some money there, but they seem to be going forward with that. And they even said that they were going to potentially make a Joker too, you know, with uh, with Joaquin. And so they're expand- happening? expanding that universe. But then you have Matt Reeves' Batman, which is going right. to have a whole bunch of Batman villains in it. And maybe maybe it all works out. Like maybe maybe I just need to be like, okay, that's fine. You know, we'll have one of these sets is a extended universe, and the other ones we're just doing offshoots. And I just need to to enjoy that. But I mean, the reality is that 
you know, it, it's just, I, I feel like it's messy no matter what. I mean, I like the idea that somebody said of calling it like DC dark or DC black or something like that for the more gritty, realistic stuff. But hell, this movie was a hard R, I mean, a fairly hard R. I mean, with some of the stuff that was in it, it wasn't like full Joker, but it certainly wasn't Shazam. Did this need to be an R? Uh, probably not. I, I think you could have cut some segments here and there and easily gotten it down to PG-13. Yeah, I think it was mostly language. Probably, minus the, like the face cutting off. They didn't really show it, though. No, but I don't know how much you can get away to like alluding to something that graphically. You know what I mean? Like He actually picks up the face and is holding it. Like, it's not like he's dripping blood or anything. <laughs> I know. It probably didn't need to be, um, but who knows? I, I just, again, what, what are they going for? I mean, Suicide Squad should be a rated R movie. I mean, it's a bunch of villains going and killing people, but they didn't go that route. And so this one felt more like Suicide Squad than and yeah. than Deadpool. Yeah. You know, and so it's like, well, either you, you do it or you don't. Mm-hmm. You know, now, as soon as I saw that it was an R rating, that per- piqued my interest. I'm like, oh, all right. Harley Quinn movie, R rated. Let's Let's go. You know, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. I feel like they didn't need it. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. I, I think you could have cut this down to PG-13 and you're just not going to lose much. I mean, you lose maybe some of the language, you know, her, you know, snorting cocaine, basically, the, the big cloud of cocaine. I mean, there's stuff like that, but I don't think it you really did. You can't do that PG-13? Take... I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't really understand what the rules are. I mean, obviously, gratuitous violence, I get. There's a certain number of curse words you can get away with, um, sex and stuff like that, which this didn't have. So I, I just don't really fully understand the, the criteria. But... We've mentioned Suicide Squad. The other wrinkle in this is the Suicide Squad, right? That reboot that's coming up. Like, what world does that now live in? Is <laughs> right. it is it living in the same world as the original Suicide Squad, but we're retconning stuff? Like, uh, again, what the hell is going on? Is Harley Quinn in that? I don't know. Honestly, I really don't know. I, I've kind of... Here's my thing with DC. Like, I, I'm on the verge of just, like, giving up in terms of following it. And so I really don't stay as plugged in because they've been irritating me. So I don't know. I can't remember who's in it. Like, I feel like, um, oh gosh, who am I trying to think of? Uh, I thought, wasn't like John Cena in it at some point? Yeah. Uh, Idris, John Cena. Yeah. Margot's listed as oh, supposed God. to be in so here. So Margot is in it. And Joel Michael Kinnaman. Rooker. You love Rooker. I mean, I like him as uh, Yondu. Uh Okay, I mean, whatever, I guess. It looks like, I mean, unless this is rumors, Viola Davis, who is in the original Suicide Squad. uh, Okay, I mean, whatever. But again, it just leads all back to DC. What's happening? That's a great question. I'm running out of things to say. (laughs) All right, let's get to it then. I am Thor, son of Odin, and as long as there is life in my breast, I am... Running out of things to say. Are you ready? Uh, very interested to hear what you rated this. Well, I ended up giving this a two and a half. Okay. A two and a half at max capacity. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Like, uh, it's an average movie. It's an average comic book movie. Um, Margot gets it to that point. Um, she and she alone as Harley Quinn get it to two and a half. The rest of this movie I just did not enjoy. 
uh, I really liked her once the team got together. Like once they were there at the funhouse, like that's the Harley Quinn that I really enjoyed. Uh, the way they're talking about her, her popping her head in and, you know, evaluating people, you know, but you still had the straight people to play off of. Uh, I did not like anyone else uh, in this movie. Black Canary was the best, but she didn't steal the show at all. Um, the rest, uh, the rest, I would recast everybody. Okay. What about you? What'd you give it? I'm at a two. Which is I, fair. I, Which is I fair. didn't like it at all. I mean, it's Suicide Squad levels for me. It's Batman vs Superman levels for me. I didn't like any of those. I mean, I feel like those three DC movies, um, you know, depending on when I watch them, how long ago I watched them, what what mind frame I'm in, like those could all kind of I could stack rank them differently. Like maybe I could get Suicide or maybe I could get uh, Birds of Prey up to a two and a half. Uh, maybe Suicide Squad falls down, stays at a two. Maybe Batman vs Superman goes to a two. Like those three movies are all kind of the same for me. They, I felt like they had potential. I feel like there's something there at their core, but whether it's writing or execution or style choices, there's just something that's preventing them from being enjoyable for me. And I, I don't like them. I, I don't know. I, I just two feels harsh. I would never be higher than a two and a half on this. I just honestly didn't enjoy like you said most of it um i, I mean a, a couple things at the end of the movie probably soured me from a two and a half to a two and that's when you put on the mask which i thought was laughable and then when black canary used her powers i just I, it's really hard for me it happened in x-men first class too like when somebody's got powers of like singing real high or screaming real loud it just bothers me for some reason i think it's so cheesy um and i just didn't like it so i know it's a small nitpick but it was just like the icing on the cake at that point well, that one, that one stood out to me because she was the only one in the movie with powers. Mm-hmm. And so then it got me thinking of, well, did anybody in Suicide Squad have powers? And they did. And so I was like, okay, well, that still fits what they're doing here. But it was yeah. odd that she was the only one to do something meta-human-y, you know? Yep. And so that was like, I don't think they needed that at all, but I, I think it'd be weird to show her in the next movie if they have a next movie with powers when you never did that before. Yeah, I, I can get that. It just, I think at that point I just, it was already wearing thin on me and I, I don't, I mean, if you want to talk about, you know, how your tentacle monsters are motherships, like I think one of mine is like any kind of superhero with the power to like scream or yell real loud. Like, I just don't like the way it looks on screen and I, I it just bothers me for some reason. So it's a small nitpick, but for all the other reasons I'm at it too. I don't have any. I'm not. I'm not married to Banshee at all, so I'm okay with you saying that or Siren okay. for that matter. So uh, I'm okay there. I I did notice you mentioned Batman vs Superman as a two, and we don't have time for that. But that's ridiculous. Um, I think it's like it, a two and a half. Is it, where it, I have there's it. no. It, it shouldn't be anywhere in the conversation with these two movies. These are so much below that that uh, I can't even grasp an argument right now. <laughs> I I, we're I already, think truth. We're already like an hour in and I can't go down that rabbit hole. Okay. But just for clarification, I'm pretty sure I have Batman versus Superman at two and a half, which is average. And I have suicide squad and birds of prey at two. So I do acknowledge that one of them is better, but I, I have massive problems with Batman versus Superman, but that's a massive different episode with your, with your rating, but we'll okay. move on. We'll move on. So what was your favorite part? It had to be a fight scene. Um, and I just went with the second fight scene in the jail when she's breaking the girl out of jail where Honestly, it was probably around the part where she like double broke that guy's legs. I was, I was just like, oh, there we go. There's some non-slowed down 
uh, action that resulted in some some good choreography and fights. I'm good with that. So the fight scenes were the highlights for me, even despite the slow motion and stuff. So, I mean, that's very broad. There are lots of fight scenes. Well, no, I said the second fight scene in okay. the jail. That one in particular would be the one I would pick. Okay. Well, I went with uh, Ewan exploding. Okay, yeah. I did not like the flashback to her picking up the grenade because that was literally like, you know, a minute and a half ago. <laughs> it um, was, yeah. And so you could have just shown the grenade that she put on him, you mm-hmm. know, and, th- and we, we get it that that ring was a grenade ring. You know, mm-hmm. we can remember what we're not stupid. Um, right. But I did like him full on exploding. Yeah. And he's out. I, I agree. He's out. We don't have to see Black Mask again. <laughs> don't have to see you in again. Because that was a little, little joyous piece of that as well. But I did like that part. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I'll just speaking roll of. This. Yeah, I will just roll this right into the one thing I would change. Because oh, hold on, before you get there, oh, Wal- yeah. walking down that pier, uh, uh-huh. the statues. Yes. Uh, did you think that they were people we should know? I thought one of the first ones I saw, I thought was Penguin. Right, and so then I started watching them, thinking, "Are these all like Batman villains that mm-hmm. that I'm supposed to be recognizing?" And the Penguin was the obvious one, but I was trying to to pick out other ones but I was not successful there. Same. And I think I got a second shot of the one that I thought was Penguin because it had a top hat and like a big cigar or yeah. you know, the little thing he has. And I, uh, it, it, the more I looked at it, the more I was like, oh, I don't think so. But Oh, well, I thought uh, I thought that's what they're kind of Easter eggs that they were going to mm-hmm. plant along there, but I couldn't figure them out. I didn't know if you had any nope. thoughts in there. But anyway, going to your uh, what you would change. Yeah. So uh, I'll just piggyback off of your uh, black mask blowing up being your favorite moment i just would have said that the writing for black mask had to change i don't uh, i think you're skewing more towards casting i'm skewing more towards writing i just think that he wasn't set up to be intimidating like you mentioned i uh, never felt scared of you in um you know the fact that he was black mask was laughable he should have just kept the damn mask on the whole time at that rate like putting it on at the end was just terrible uh i didn't like any of his dialogue I just honestly didn't enjoy that character at all. I think you just need to rewrite that character from the ground up. Um, the angle they took was just not the right angle, at least for me. So I, I would rewrite Black Mask altogether. I'm 100% on board with that. Um, I still like my, I think it would change the tone of the movie, but I think it'd be better and more entertaining if she wasn't the narrator. And so that's that's my change. Okay. And so you still I, have I all the fight scenes. I don't like still, that one. You still have all that. Um, I just, I think it's more powerful people talking about her and her popping in and being crazy. Uh, I think it'd be, it'd be a better movie that way. So that's my change. That's a, that's a big one. I, I don't agree with that one, but that's, it's yours to call. It is mine to call. <laughs> so casting change. What did you do? Well, I agreed with something you said early on. Um, I didn't like Rosie Perez in this movie. I didn't particularly like her character, although I thought it was pretty funny that they acknowledged that everything she said or did was based off an 80s cop show, and I wish they had leaned almost harder into that than what they did. Um, I also thought it was really weird that we saw Harley Quinn in like five fights just destroying tons of guys, (laughs) and then when Rosie Perez walks into the funhouse, like she's able to go toe-to-toe with with Harley Quinn. A A drunk Rosie Perez. Yeah, it just didn't feel right. I remember specifically thinking like, oh, that that she can't handle Rosie Perez. Um, but again, this is less of a knock, I think, on Rosie Perez. I just think some of the writing was really bad. 
Um, but if I had to take a casting change, I did like Black Canary. I did like Margot. Um, I would personally like to keep Ewan and just give him a different take on something or other. But I got Rosie out of there, and um, I kept it Puerto Rican, though. I went with J-Lo. I felt like you could get a bigger name in this movie. I felt like, especially with the timing, you got J-Lo coming off the Super Bowl uh, performance and this you could have probably gotten some butts in the seats that you know between hustlers and the Super Bowl and this you, you ride the J-Lo wave a little bit and I think you get somebody who's um, I, I don't know I mean it, it felt like this movie was stylish in a way and and sorry I'm not trying to be mean to Rosie Perez but she doesn't strike me as somebody who's necessarily stylish anymore whereas you get J-Lo somebody more who's like in vogue now I, I think that uh, it, it could have been a little bit more fun well, I enjoyed Shakira more than more than J Lo <laughs> at the halftime show, uh, which I would have enjoyed Shakira in this movie more than Rosie Perez. Uh, <laughs> sure, but uh, no, I I don't. I feel like you've added J Lo to like the last three movies that we've talked about. I don't um, think so. I added Selma to one of them. Oh, uh, was it Selma? I think you talked about yeah. J Lo as being one of your potentials. It, it might have been, on, but but landed on Selma. Yeah, uh, for Bad Boys. Yeah. Uh, yes, that's correct. Okay. Uh, I think, yes, yeah, she would have been absolutely better than than Rosie. Um, mm-hmm. I agree. I've, and she's played a cop in several movies, I think. She has. She yeah. has. Um, but if I'm, if I'm J-Lo and I read that script, I would uh, not have <laughs> agreed. Sure. So I think it it is not going to surprise you who got rid of uh, Ewan. Mm-hmm. And... I went through Ewan's filmography. I don't think Ewan's a good actor. Outside of Moulin Rouge, I don't think he's got anything that I would say he's a he's in that A list category. Like every, yeah, time, but every I, time you said his name, you know, I was like, oh yeah, Ewan McGregor, uh, he'd be a great get in whatever you said. But then when you watch any movie with him, it's like you're not good. Okay, but the question I will ask is: Has there ever been a good movie that he's in where? he doesn't give a good performance. I, I guess we, we talk about this all the time. Like what if you just pick bad movies and you have a bad agent? Does that make you a bad actor? I mean, on some levels, if you never have good movies, sure. But like when you look at the movies he's in, it's not like, I, I guess I don't know if they're bad because he was bad in them. It just seems like he can't get into good movies. And that's the past that he's always gotten. Like Obi-Wan, you know, you watch mm-hmm. these, uh, especially the the last two Star Wars with him as Obi-Wan. You know, he's acting really badly, but you blame it on the script, you know, and like, okay, I'm going to give you a pass, Ewan, you know, but it's, it's everything. It's like every movie he's in, I, I'm, I'm not sold on him. Moulin Rouge is his only out and that's a musical. So that doesn't even really count to me. Right. Um, I, I guess I'm just saying, does he, is he a bad actor or does he just pick terrible movies? At some point you got to look at, the guy in the movie when there's a common theme like that. Sure. It's, a, it's I mean, always I, him. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying that like, I, I would love to see an example of a movie that he's in that is considered a good movie where he is maybe not performing well. Um, because that would indicate to me that maybe he's not as good of an actor, but when you just can't ever get into good movies, I just, I guess I don't know what that means. That I mean, it could mean he doesn't have box office appeal, but that doesn't mean he's a bad actor. He was in Mordecai. <laughs> well, a lot of people were in Mordecai. <laughs> Terrible movie, by the way. Don't see that. Okay. Please. So, so you my, are getting... So I, I got rid of Ewan, and I was looking through of who I would put in there, and 
like you said, like I was going, okay, maybe more quirky or maybe more sinister. And almost everybody I looked up, I think would have done a better job. Like, like it was hard for me to find one that I didn't think would be a better job than, than Ewan. And so I went, I went a little zany, went a little zany and crazy here. And I went Nick Cage. No. Yes. No. I did go Nick Cage. I mean, that's terrible. I, I, I believe that Nick Cage would cut someone's face off. Like, yeah, but because he did, it's not he did in face know. off. <laughs> it's not gonna be. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't like that at all. I don't think that that's the way to go with this character. My my true answer is just about anybody, but I I know you're gonna make me pick one, and so I went with Nick Cage. Uh, because how many times no. am I gonna be able to add Nick Cage to a movie, like, and make it better? I think he would here. I don't think so. I think that. Uh, I, well, and that's why my change was what it was. I I don't think that character is going to be better with anybody in it. I think that character is just not written well. And you could have Vince Vaughn in there, and I think it's a better movie. I, I don't, I think, yeah, but at that point, you're just saying that you just don't care for Ewan, and you just want to see somebody else, which is fine. You can do that. But what I'm saying is you could take Leo or Brad Pitt or any of the guys that we consider some of the best. You could put Adam Driver in that role, and it's just not—it's not going to come off well because of the things he's saying and the the way that it's being performed. It's not going to. Or, the, I feel like it was a writing problem. At some and point, I, I, though, it's the actor that has to agree to to, to do it like this. Sure, but uh, they could say, "Do it like this, or you're gone," and. That's what you have to do. I mean, the director is not going to okay it if they don't think it's what they want in the movie. So clearly the director was liking Ewan's performance. Woody Harrelson, Wesley Snipes. I mean, I can just keep naming people that again, all of them saying, would do a better job. Than, if you're saying you got. just like them better than Ewan, then that's fine. What I'm just saying is you put anybody in that role for me the way it's written, and I don't think it's going to end up well. Vin Diesel? Yeah, I, I mean, it's all going to be bad. Like I said, I, my two favorite actors right now are Ryan Gosling and Adam Driver. I think you put them in that role, and I'm still not going to like that role because I think the way it's written is just doesn't make for a good villain. It doesn't, it just doesn't gel. I mean, the putting on the mask is stupid. The 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 flamboyance just doesn't quite work for me. I, I don't know what it is. Just that that character is for me does not work. I just got to think that the actor has to have some input in the way they're doing a character, and I I have it. A hard time believing that the director is my way or the highway on how they do this. And I think if you're a good enough actor, then you can show it a different way and they'll like it. Maybe. I mean, there there may be some truth to that. Somebody else who's got a little bit more pull than, than Ewan could come in and say, I'm doing it this way. So. I'd like to think Ewan has pull. He's He's a name. I don't know why. Maybe they express, also scroll but... his filmography and be like, no, no, you don't. <laughs> I've seen what you've done. And no, you yeah. do it my way. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Moving on. What uh, award did you give it? I'm going to say this is the biggest missed opportunity for the DCEU. And this is coming from a guy who thought that a lot of these movies have not done well. Like, I think Justice League was a missed opportunity because I didn't think it was very good. However, where I'm going with this is that they're in no man's land right now with all their stuff. And I think the reason why this movie got made, like you said, is because of Margot and because it was the one commodity that they had that they wanted to cash in on. And there's been a lot of talk about Marvel not being able to conjure up an all-female lead. Black Widow's finally getting her solo movie. I think this was their chance 
to be quirky and zany in a way that Marvel hasn't done, to be primarily female-led, which Marvel hasn't done. Captain and Marvel? Really, and, well, but you know what I'm saying. Captain Marvel is, it is female-led, but not like full-blown ensemble like what this is, right? Like okay. every every character here is a female minus, you know, Ewan. And um, I just feel like it was an opportunity for them, especially coming off a of Joker. Shazam was pretty well-received. Like you, you could have planted another solid flag in the ground here. You could have maybe even corrected some of the Suicide Squad DCEU nonsense. And I just feel like now everybody, I shouldn't say everybody because I think we're in the minority here, but I'm left thinking like, well, shit, DC. Well, you had you had a chance here and it, it's I'm, I'm back to square one with you as it, it goes in, I guess, in this quadrant of whatever films you're doing. Well, to be fair, it was too late to capitalize off of the Joker. Not if you're thinking a little bit ahead, right? I mean, not if you do some planning. Yeah, but this movie was practically in the can by the time Joker was released. Well, yes, but what I'm saying is you have to get out ahead of the curve and know what you're planning. Now, again, th- this could be their plan, that Joker was always going to be a standalone movie and it shouldn't have any connection. Totally fine. But what I'm also saying is you had the ability to, even if you keep those movies separate, build on the momentum of Joker, right? Because Joker has people going, oh, shit, maybe DC's back in this thing and they're going to have an Oscar-nominated movie and, you know, okay, well, maybe I'll go give, you know, Harley Quinn a chance, even though it's different, but it's still DC. Maybe they kind of got their stuff figured out. Well, no, no, they don't. Well, I agree with everything that you said. I disagree with the most potential because I think Batman vs. Superman and Justice League dropped the ball on those and they had more potential with those. Justice League, I felt they were already backed into a corner. So I don't feel, I, I didn't feel like that. I guess I, I felt like that was doomed for problems. I mean, then Zack Snyder leaving Joss Whedon, all that stuff. Maybe I could get on board with you with Batman versus Superman, maybe on that one. Um, but this one felt like, I think this one gives a little bit more of an edge for me because I felt like Batman versus Superman face planted. Like it's because of all the previous mistakes that DC had the chance to kind of write the ship with Joker and even write it even a little bit more with, with this movie. So I feel like it's the com- the compounding of errors that really led me to say that this was a big missed opportunity. Well, it was definitely missed, which led right into my, my award here, which I gave it based on what I've seen so far is this is the, the most overrated movie of the year. Yeah. I, I, I won't <laughs> disagree. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get what people are. Again, I think it's a it's a Margot fascination more than anything, which I'm fine with because she deserves it. But this movie is not good. I'm I'm with you. So, it is. I, I couldn't believe it because I, I actually tried to shy away from like Rotten Tomatoes and all that stuff before I saw it. And then I saw it and came home and started looking at Letterboxd and everything else. And people had already been seeing it. I'm like... There's there's fours, four and a halfs everywhere, three and a halfs. I'm like, what what is happening right now? Like, am I what world am I in? Yeah, yeah. I I don't get it. I don't understand. And maybe I don't know. I don't know what maybe. <laughs> I don't know. But I just had a loss. Yeah, uh, I can't imagine the movies. I'm going to be this far apart from the masses of for the rest of the year. So I'm I'm doing it early. February. Yeah. Although I kind of felt that way with Aquaman too. Everybody was like raving about Aquaman. I was like, what the hell? Like, it's fine at best. But then the more I've watched Aquaman, I'm like, I don't think I'm kind of down a little bit on Aquaman. I think this is a big, a bigger disparity in what I felt 
Aquaman was versus the yeah, masses. Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. so too. All right. If you like this movie, you would also like. Okay, I went went a little weird. I think, okay. um, not quite the same, but I feel like uh, fits all the same boxes. I feel like you would like Smoke and Aces. Okay, I have not seen that. That uh, it's it's more of a fast paced action type movie. Uh, I, I call it second tier, which I mm-hmm. feel like this movie is, but it's entertaining. Uh, it's got a good cast, unlike this. Um, I just think uh, people would enjoy Smoke and Aces if they like this movie. Okay. Well, yeah. I wish I could add more to that, but since I haven't seen Smoke and Aces, I got nothing. Okay. Well, I went with what I said earlier, which is Deadpool 2. Um, I feel like... Two even. Yeah, Deadpool 2, because I feel like Deadpool 2 was worse than Deadpool 1 to me. Um, <laughs> so couldn't you also use Deadpool 1? I, I could have, but I want to pick the worst of the two because <laughs> okay. I I thought that this was uh, not a good movie. Okay. Um, but I mean, it, it's obvious, right? Like we, we mentioned it earlier, Deadpool's the the standout zany character in you know what is now he's part of the Marvel world. But even if he wasn't, like he's associated with Marvel. Harley Quinn's trying to be zany. There's there's some visual stuff that they do. The way they try to fold into some music and some stuff happening on screen. The, the comedy is, is supposed to be there. Um, so it just I don't know. It, it just kind of feels right. Still comic booky, so you still have that aspect to it. Um, but I feel like if you if you liked this, I don't see why you wouldn't like any of the Deadpool movies, and and that feels I don't know similarly related. No, I agree. I agree. But uh, you mentioned music, and I thought the music in this movie was terrible. Yeah, I mean, the only one that I can really remember uh, thinking was good was, I think, at one of the fight scenes, she they start to play Barracuda by heart, and I thought that was a good choice. Um, but there was a couple of times where they they changed music, like mid-fight scene or something. Like, they would go from, a, oh, wait, no, there were some really really weird covers of songs, weren't there, in this? Yeah, it, like the when she was roller skating behind the car, like mm-hmm. that, the music in that was just really off and weird. Was that like techno music? There was something... You're right. You're right. The more I think about that, the more I think of... Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not usually a... Hey, unless they really stand out as bad, like in Six Underground, you know, of somebody missed the mark on music. And that this one, I thought, as well. Yeah. Yeah. I know I'm bashing on Six Underground, but I really liked it, so (laughs) go watch Six Underground. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I'm just walking away from this all, just kind of disappointed. Now I'm not really enthused about anything DC has to put out again, unless it's in the vein of Joker. And the next one is Matt Reeves' oh, Wonder Woman. Oh yeah, yeah, I am excited about Wonder Woman. Never mind, okay. I'll take that back. Bringing you back, except for some reason Chris Pine's back, which really confuses <sighs> me, and I don't like. Um, beyond that, that and it messes with the whole "Where have you been, yeah. Diana?" for the past however long, and she's was very there in 1984. Yeah. It'll be weird to see how they explain themselves out of this because I don't, uh, I don't trust DC to do that very well. Yeah, but at least there's hope because Diana, Diana Prince will bring me back. <laughs> Always. <laughs> All right, I think that's gonna do it for this episode. Thanks everybody for listening, Carson. Where can they find you on Twitter? At Carson Graff, G R A F F. 
You can find me at at Two Views Garrett, G-A-R-R-E-T-T. You can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at at Two Views Movies, and you can always email us at twoviewsmovies at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the show via Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you listen. We are there. If you are on Apple, be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcast to help spread the word and show everyone that you're a fan of the show. We'll be back next week with another episode. We'll catch you next time. Chiefs. What should we do next? Something good? Something bad? Bit of both? Bit of both.